Welcome to Investors Insights. Our topic today is rates higher, gas lower, question mark. That's the topic we continue to hear about through the past few weeks, and we want to address it with you this morning. I am honored to have with me my distinguished colleagues, Ty Miller, Trey Booth, Adam Van Zant, and Bobby Norman. Now, to give you some insight, we're, we're going to also be talking about markets, but I want you just to notice that on the chair of Ty Miller's office, you will see a, a Miami Hurricanes jacket. And in the background of Bobby Norman's office, you will see Auburn memorabilia. It's going to be a long week, folks. I just want you to know that. But we've got news here that may take that information, the portfolios, uh, you know, insight that we're going to give you to a whole new level, despite all the trash talking that's going on in this office this morning. So with that, clients keep asking, guys, five plan partners, are we going to continue to see these rates go higher? Are they going to continue to hike? Have you seen the price of gas at the pump? Are we going to see gas prices go higher or could we see them go lower? Stay with us through this whole vlog because we're going to address those questions in relation to your portfolio. So Bobby, you started off outstanding with some information you, you brought through uh, research this weekend that you did. Uh, despite what happened on Sunday night with Auburn basketball, uh, give us some insight here. Yeah, so as expected last week, the Federal Reserve announced they are raising rates. And with that, uh, we had a number of questions around how the market reacts to tighter policy. So. Uh, first, as you can see in this first chart, stocks have done quite well in previous periods of tightening, as you can see on the right-hand side. In fact, a year after the first hike, we've seen stocks higher the past six times. And so investors need to remember that the first rate hike is normally a sign that we're more of a mid-cycle, and there could be years left for stock and economic gains. And uh, for instance, as you can see in the second chart, there were 17 total rate hikes in 2004, 2005, and 2006. And the S&P 500 was higher each of those years. So even with the Fed expecting multiple hikes this same year, we've seen multiple hikes in the same year many times before. Uh, and the bottom line is that rate hikes usually aren't bearish events. We don't expect this cycle to be any different. It's, you know, it's the big picture. Other items like long-term gas prices that we're more worried about when it comes to negative economic impacts. So uh, watching things carefully, but history says uh, not to overreact to the Fed tightening. Well, and also in those years of 2004, 2005, 2006, we were holding clients' hands. We were navigating them through those interest rate hikes, and we're going to do that again. And so, Bobby, I thought that was very insightful and should give our clients some comfort as they ask the questions about interest rate uh, increases versus their portfolio. And then, Trey, you came in and gave some additional insight about the interest rate hikes. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, Bobby's point, interest rates or the Fed raising interest rates on its own is not a negative indicator. It's often a positive indicator. The economy is strong and can work without Fed stimulus. However, at some point, typically the Fed overdoes it and causes the economy to roll over. So where is that tipping point? Uh, chartists and, and research often points to the yield curve, which is the difference between interest paid on short-term borrowing versus long-term borrowing. You wanna see interest paid on long-term borrowing much higher so that you're being rewarded for investing for the long-term. 
It's when that flips is when we get concerned. So this chart shows that since 1978, there have been six recessions dated by the National Bureau of Economic Research. And in all six instances, the yield curve inverted. That means the two-year Treasury yield actually was higher than the 10-year Treasury yield. That means the Fed was raising rates on the short end and the economy was saying things are slowing down on the long end. So you have markets saying one thing and the Fed seeing the other. And so while the Fed can raise rates, we've got to watch this very closely. What's the market telling us? And so we really want to see the market rates start to rise because right now that's very, very tight. Now, you'll notice that this chart doesn't say when the yield curve nearly inverts, it calls recession. That's not the case. It's the, the yield curve actually has to flip. We've got to have long rates lower than short-term rates. And right now it's sitting at 0.20% or 20 basis points. So the Fed is walking a very tight, on a very tight tightrope right now in between raising rates to help inflation and not pushing the economy to recession. You can see that the average time between when the yield curve inverts and we go into recession varies uh, between 22 months on the long end and six months on the short end. On average, it's around 12 months. So something we're watching very closely, though, is, is when or if this flips. And we can stay on this close to an inverted yield curve for a very long time. Uh, we did that for, for, uh, for nearly a decade back in the 90s. So something we can do very easily and something we're watching closely for when the Fed may make that policy error or may not. Yeah, and, and let me say this. We're going to keep everybody updated on this. That's great information, Trey. I constantly have our viewers say, look, uh, while you guys are talking on the blog, I'm taking notes. Uh, you know, take this information down, share it with family members, colleagues, especially people that are thinking about making financing uh, decisions over the next uh, coming months. It's very important to understand that. And also know that through our social media, we're going to continue these conversations on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, on our podcast, on Facebook. So, Ty, give insight on what you're seeing across the country with states and what they're doing about increases in gas prices. I think the first place to start would be something that we've highlighted before. Um, state budgets are in the best shape they've been in in 40 years. And in a midterm election year, focused highly on inflation, uh, and states actually have the power to, to do something, they are starting to take the initiative and cut back some tax cuts on gasoline. We know we, we've been feeling it at the pump, but spring break's coming up. People want to be traveling. And so a lot of states, especially some near us, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, for instance, they're proposing to temporarily eliminate their, their state gas taxes. So that would be a big development uh, if that goes through. Maybe Alabama will follow suit shortly. I, I, I don't know. They haven't proposed anything yet. Um, but for our nearby travel states, that would be great news. Um, and if you want this full list that you didn't get in the video here that we're showing, uh, you know, feel free to email us and we'll get this list to you. Yeah, no, it's an important list as people are traveling with spring break. And as, as we approach the uh, summer months, I, I think uh, it's, it's good insight for people to have. And, and also to understand that state budgets – uh, across the country are doing quite well. Uh, and so they need to know that also. And then Adam, uh, I will tell people uh, again, uh, get your piece of paper, get your pencil, get ready to jot this down. I get compliments all the time. Give us the ranges uh, that we're going to be looking at in terms of this market, uh, despite what interest rates are doing and despite what gas prices are doing. Yeah, absolutely, Greg, and I appreciate it. So we saw a rally last week with the S&P 500 coming in at its highest close since February 17th, sitting at- It was at, a good week. It was. So 4,463 is what we closed the week up with. 
giving us a new short-term resistance level of 4,500 with a new support level of 4,420. We also saw a unique event where the S&P closed above its 50-day moving average, which is currently sitting at 4,432. So as distracting as Ty's jacket is in the background, it's important to keep in mind that they're giving us a lot of economic and fundamental data, along with Bobby and Trey, that we find, you know, that we like to correlate back to the technical analysis to create these trends and see if this momentum can continue through the spring. Yeah, yeah, no, well said. We, we've, we've got to follow the economics and the fundamentals of, of these companies and, and of the economy and simultaneously watch the trading ranges and what's taking place out there. Both have really helped us navigate uh, through these years of 2020, 2021, and now into 2022. Folks, it's hard to believe that we're getting ready to finish up here shortly, the first quarter of 2022. We are now officially in spring. We want you to have a great week. We want you to enjoy the springtime. We're hoping that you will see gas prices come down and also that interest rates will not go up too fast, uh, too quickly uh, in slowing this economy down. Have a great week. Thanks for sharing this with neighbors, friends, family, colleagues. And most of all, we thank you for believing in us here at Five Plan Partners as we strive every day to see to it that our clients have a better, richer, fuller life. Have a great week. Thanks.